We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. Hi, I'm Yui Xu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. It's that time for our season finale of season 16 of our baby. This is our baby. (laughs) It's now driving. Sweet 16, yes. (laughs) Straight up teenager now. I can't believe that we have gone through now 16 seasons of Dateable, seven plus years. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like our content is at a much more mature state than season one. Oh my God. Re-listening to season one, I'm just like, holy shit, this was a different (laughs) podcast. It actually like brought me back when we were in person a couple weeks ago, we were out with your friend Hai Ching and I Mm -hmm. totally forgot she was at our very first Uh recording. We had audience members sitting on UA's bed in your studio apartment. We had audience members sitting on the bed eating chocolate covered pretzels as we're recording. That's right. <laughs> it was Hai Ching and my friend Grace. Yeah. And they were both very curious what the process would be like. Now we'd be like, 
don't chew. It's going to pick up the noise in the podcast. I mean, it's wild that we did live broadcast, uh, live podcasting before it was a thing. Yeah. We were we so know. ahead of our time. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> we were like editing on iMovie. For anyone that does podcasts, you're probably cringing real hard right now, as you should be. We just had no idea what we were doing. I mean, we didn't know. We didn't know. We just got the content out there and we did. And I'm glad we have this content. It's a nice way to look back at how far we've come. It's like reading your old diary. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, okay. I used to think this way. Now I don't. Totally. That's okay. I mean, I was just talking to a friend of ours about how she's learning more things about what she needs as she dates. And that's the only way, right? It's like, as Mm -hmm. you go, that's how you learn. So you kind of need to just dive in and take a chance, figure it out. Like if we didn't do that podcast the first time, who knows if we would have started ever, right? And then you just learn along the way of what's working and what's not. Um, This is a great quote that says, the only thing that matters is now. And I truly believe in that because what we're experiencing in the present moment is the truth right now. And we can never experience this moment again. So it is good to capture your thoughts if you're a journaler is i don't know if that's a word but if you journal that's a, it's a great way to get your thoughts on paper i've actually recently encouraged my mom to mm. journal for me Ooh, to address her journal entries to me and just tell me whatever's on her mind that day or that week and um whatever things that she wants to teach me or tell me and that she, it's just like very top of mind for her and she said it's been like a really fun practice for her too to put it in that perspective like what do i want to pass down to my daughter so that's kind of like a fun thing to think about it's like what only matters is just now and how do we savor that now I really like that too, like the journaling to other people, because sometimes it can be really awkward to just be like, where do I start? Yeah, where do I start? You can decide if you want to share it. I'm assuming your mom is giving you those entries, like so you can learn, or is it for her personally more? It's for her personally, and I will read them one day. Okay. Or you could do it in a way, maybe you have like an ex you want to address and you never ever share it with them. That's okay. Yes, (laughs) yes. It's a very good practice (laughs) to get all of your thoughts out there. Sometimes I get it. We end up in situations where we feel like I didn't say everything I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. We think that's the closure we need in relationships and friendships in exiting a job, whatever it may be. But if you just get the words out on paper, that's like the only closure you need. Mm. It's a closure with yourself. Yeah. Right? That's it. Uh, So speaking of closure, (laughs) (laughs) so many closures uh, for this episode. That's the theme for this episode. This is our season finale. So we have our special guest, a repeat guest, May Lee, back on the show. She is newly engaged at age 57 and first time engaged in her life. This is such a great way to wrap up our show. It just shows that dating relationships, it's always top of mind, no matter what stage in life you're in. Mm -hmm. It's so important and people prioritize it. But also the way things play out in dating and Mm. love happens in a different order for people. It happens on your own timeline. And that's the beauty of it all is that you don't have to follow other people's timelines. Yeah. No, I really do believe that you can find love at any age. I don't believe that there's, you know, I was like re-listening to an episode that we did on another podcast. And there was a listener that wrote in and was like, is it a lost cause to date after 40? And it's like, no, no, it's not. You know, in today's world where people are, you know, first of all, having all sorts of experiences, delaying 
seeing relationships and marriages to put themselves first, whether that's through their career, education, whatever. Or maybe you got married and then you got divorced. Relationships end all the time. There's not like one static dating pool. People are like coming in and out at all different stages. So I think if anything, now, if we're going to go back to the now, now is the best time to find love at any age. There is no Mm -hmm. deadline. There is no too late. None of that exists anymore, which is great. No, life is impermanent. The impermanence of life is what makes us human and makes us grow. So it's profound to Mm -hmm. understand that there is a beginning and end to everything in life because when things end, it gives room for new beginnings. Mm -hmm. It's a very beautiful way of looking at everything that's happening for you, not to you in life. And with that, I think it's, you know, it's been a month out now, and I I think it's um, time for me to just share that my partner and I are no longer together, and you'll hear all about it in a future episode, a tell-all episode. Like next week, it's going to air. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to wait that long. (laughs) And in this particular uh, interview with May, I do bring up that relationship a lot when we were still together. Now, us no longer being together doesn't mean it dismisses any of the learnings I have from that relationship. So everything still applies, but we are no longer in a partnership due to infidelity on his end. I'm still reeling in the shock and anger of it all, but I'm working through it day by day. Julie has been such a strong supporter in my life throughout this Mm. process, this healing process that I'm going through. And I understand every day will feel different and look a little different, but I am working through this and I appreciate you all giving me the time and space to work through it all. And I am now ready to tell the story, which again, as we alluded, you'll hear (laughs) next week's episode. It was a very shocking experience. It it was very unexpected. I was blindsided. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, the impermanence of life is what makes us human and makes us grow. So this relationship had to end for beautiful new things to begin. I mean, first of all, I'm always here for you. So that is... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Julie. You know, that... And I think that's like... I don't want to say like the beauty of a breakup is that you do see the other love around you like more clearly than ever before, because no matter what our status is, like we have that love. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing. But I think another part is like, I'm just so proud of just how you've been handling this. And like, Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring like emotions change on a daily basis. And there's a lot to process, but just how you've been processing it and, you know, putting yourself in your needs first is really important. And ultimately, you know, like the setbacks are really where all these learnings come into handy. It's really easy to say like, oh, I listened to this podcast and now I met someone. Okay, I don't want to say it's really easy because you did do a lot of work together. So I'm not gonna gonna retract (laughs) that statement. It is still an accomplishment. It's a lot of work. It's wonderful. But when shit hits the fan, especially when it's something that is totally out of your control, that you feel like you've done, you put in the effort, you've been vulnerable, you've been authentic, 
and you've still got dealt a bad card, that's when the workings really play in because it's how do you bounce back in a way that ultimately gives you the love that you want still and that you deserve. Mm -hmm. And like we're learning from this episode, it's never too late. You might have thought this was your forever person at the time, but you're never too old to fall in love. So I think there's going to be something amazing around the corner. And I think I've said this before, but you follow May's footsteps quite a bit here. And, you know, she had this relationship at 40 that she thought she should get married because she's hitting 40. This, you know, seemed like the right person. But in retrospect, it was not the right person. And she's so glad it didn't work out. So I really Mm -hmm. think that, like, you'll feel that way soon, if not already. I know you said that you are already feeling that way. So... Yeah, it's just how do you come back from all this stuff? Because life ebbs and flows and love and relationships, as great as it can be, it can be incredibly painful. But without being open to the pain, you can't ever be open to all that relationships do give you. Absolutely. And I think at the core of all relationships is yourself. Yeah. Uh, On your deathbed, all you're going to have is yourself and your relationship to yourself. And I do believe that I've been able to get through this and work through a lot of this because I have worked on a stronger Mm -hmm. relationship with myself through this podcast. And even in talking to my therapist yesterday, she was like, you know, what's interesting is that I've been waiting for you to kind of break down and you haven't yet, not to say that you won't eventually, but you haven't yet because you have the tools to regulate. Mm-hmm. yourself and to take care of your emotions. So when you have all of those tools, you don't operate at a level of trauma, mm-hmm. you operate at a level of grief now. So it's a different stage. So she was like really proud of, oh. of me and I feel very proud of myself too. But again, it's not to say that these emotions won't get out of whack at some point yeah. later down the line. Who knows? I can't predict how my body will process through this experience. But at least I'm staying open to that process and being very compassionate with myself and knowing that I have to take care of myself first. And all the friends and family who've been there for me, I cannot thank you all enough for just being my love army, mm. in the words of our one of our <laughs> listeners, Lakshmi, being the support that I absolutely need and want and desire. And I and all the support that I never even thought I had have shown up in ways that you know, I could have never even fathomed. So thank you. Thank you, everyone who's who've really shown up for me. I think if you need to do a, cry, a good cry, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like sometimes letting sure. the emotions out is super healthy and instead of suppressing them. So being open to that is a good thing. Where I think in the past for me, I'll, I'll like bring it back to my personal experience because I don't want to speak for you. Where I've gotten stuck is when I got into like the victim mm. mindset of like, what's wrong with me that this happened like why can't anyone commit to me there must be something flawed with me that's where I think the work can really come in that you're like look I I really gave my all to this relationship like I Mm -hmm. did what I needed to do and you know like if this didn't work out like there's something else out there for me and it's not going to get in the way of me finding my happy ending and what I want that Mm -hmm. I think is a different mindset but being open to like you know the feelings like I don't think we can like push those away either so 
yeah, I'm glad that you're like, I'm feeling good now. Maybe tomorrow I will break down and start crying and yeah. have, even if you have that pity party for a day or two, like I'm not saying you can't have That's that okay. ever. You gotta yeah. just feel it. It's just how do you move out of it is really the key. To quote one of our favorite people, Young Pueblo, he says, your first reaction, your knee-jerk reaction is from your past mm. and your intentional reaction is from experience. Ooh, I like that a lot. So I have this way of observing the last month and thinking about, okay, I had a knee-jerk reaction. That is exactly how I would have reacted in the past. In the past, I would have wanted to run away, packed my bags, gone to a different country and stayed there for six months. <laughs> I think that would have been my knee-jerk reaction. And I did have that. I wanted to run away. But then I stepped back and thought, what do I want to learn from my previous experiences? How do I want to react differently? And that was actually coming home to my apartment, facing my life alone now mm. without this person and reinventing myself in this space. Mm. Right. And that's how I am moving forward is confronting the new me. And I'm very much enjoying getting to know the new me. Um, I, my parents have been a huge help this past weekend. We had a little family retreat. We went to this uh, an unknown mountain village called Pine Mountain Club in the middle of um, California. Well, actually, just two hours away from LA, but only 2,000 people live there. But we had a little family retreat because I wanted the three of us to reconnect with ourselves and to get deeper on our some of our, I don't know, whatever we're going through. Like everybody's going through some shit. So we had such a great time getting to know each other again. And my parents were like, we didn't realize we raised such a grounded daughter how you know they were so proud of where i was in you know in my life when we were talking and, and they've been so scared for me that mm-hmm. i would break down and yeah. that i would spiral throughout this whole thing so they've been really protective but now they feel like you know what you're going to be fine they're so confident um you're going to be fine so i'm like so again so thankful to have that support but also to have the work that we've done on this mm-hmm. podcast to really come into play in a moment yeah. yeah, it comes in when you least expect it. That's for sure. I still want to yeah. go on a retreat, though. And we've talked yeah, about you and, this. You and I will go on a different retreat. <laughs> I mean, I think we'll I'm glad retreat. that you're not running away. I think that is like huge growth, huge growth. And ultimately, people need to find what works for them in whatever situation. But I love this like, okay, this is how old me would have dealt with it. And this is what I want for the future. That's really important. Not to say that we shouldn't take a trip because I think we should. <laughs> (laughs) Of course, we're going to take a trip. We're not going to run away. We're taking an intentional trip. Yes, exactly. There is a difference. There is a difference. There's there's absolutely a a difference. There is... Y'all, if you've taken a trip after a breakup, I'm not saying that's like the wrong no. thing. I'm just saying it, the old me would have just run away yeah. and try to sublet my apartment, try to leave the city, try to do everything to get away from everything that reminds me of him. And what I did was the opposite. I faced everything that reminds me of him to reinvent those memories and to to take those memories back so I can own them. Right? No, that's huge. That's really good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everyone. Thank you. I'm proud of us. (laughs) So much growth. So much growth. So much growth. But you know, it's like as much as breakups are terrible, I don't want to like undermine that. It is a new chapter and 
the more we can look at it that way, the better, because like we said, can meet anyone at any age. This is not like the end of, it's not like your last chance for love. That scarcity mindset is what gets us all in trouble when we think this is like our last chance or the last opportunity or there's never going to be anyone else out there like whoever is in front of us. That's when we settle for like bad situations. Yes. And I'm in no rush to think about dating or get back into dating because I truly am so confident in the fact that what is meant for me will come. Yeah. I can rest easy. I don't need to go out there and search for it and and be all anxious about it and have a timeline about it. What is meant for me will come. That's it. I mean, the best thing right now is to honor yourself and just like take the time to grieve, whether that's rebuilding your life or even having that breakdown if you need to, like whatever it is. You know, one of our other friends like this, you know, she had a unexpected breakup after dating for three and a half years. And now she's like with someone that she's so much happier with that I know gives us you faith also like and I, I think it's really beautiful that like you don't know what's out there for you. And sometimes in retrospect, you're able to see that it wasn't the right thing for you. And looking back, then you're able to find the right thing for you. Listen, this relationship was right for most of the almost five years. Yeah. Okay. And I will say that in a lifetime, we may have a series of significant relationships. I don't think it was time wasted. I learned so much and grew so much from this relationship. He was the right person until he wasn't. Yeah, That's how dating works. And I'm okay with that fact. I don't need to hold on to the to this person as the one when he proved himself to no longer be the one for me, right? right? Well, I think that's the key. Yeah, Yeah. and that's, again, I'm going to say this again, it's okay. That is how life works, and that is a-okay. Now, if I ever see him in in L.A., and if I ever run into him, what will I do? Well, I told you all, I murder my exes in my mind. He is dead in my eyes, okay? Like, there's no, he does not exist in my world anymore. So I will not acknowledge him. This is not a person I need to spend energy even acknowledging. Right. Well, especially when someone right. does you dirty a little too. Like, it's like... Fuck, yeah. You know, like, I think also... <laughs> sometimes the hardest breakups are when it's like, I'm just like there, but I'm not ready. Like, all that. Yes. Like, because then you think there's like a yes. chance still. And I still believe that even that is like, if I could go back and redo some of my love life, it would be not holding on to like this image I had. Yes. And just accepting like, okay, maybe I thought this person was the one. And now that they're showing me they're not. Same with first dates. We see this happen all the time. It's like you had this wonderful first date. And then they start not really texting very often. Or even you go out again and it's like not the same connection. Yet you hold on and double down because you want to like that back. Yeah. We need to like accept things as they progress. You're just learning new information and you get to make a decision every day. Absolutely. And so do so do they. Yeah. They get to make a decision on whether they want to be the right person for you or not. Right. And then one day if they decide they don't want to be the right person for you, that's when you let them go. It makes a lot of sense in that way. But there is like so much beauty in the beginning and ending of relationships because mm-hmm. it is a gift no matter how the relationship went. Well, unless it was a physically and um, mentally abusive relationship. That's not a gift. Get the fuck out, please. But in, in any relationship, as bad as a heart 
heartbreak and the breakup can be, it is still a gift because you were able to grow with this person and share a life with this person. And I want to honor that, right? To have to have had the chance to build a life with someone for those years. I think it is really fucked up what he did. And give you a preview of the story <laughs> is we were in the middle of moving his apartment in San Francisco, moving him out so he can be in LA with me permanently. We were trying to conceive in premarital counseling, <laughs> um, talking about going to City Hall end of this year. And we had just gotten back from a wedding where we were kind of like planning our own ceremony reception thing in the car. Anyway, in the middle of all of this, this is exactly when I found the evidence that I did not want to see. And this is something that's been going on still, uh, present day, not like it was in the past, but there was also evidence of stuff going on in the past too. That's your little preview. Yeah, we're going to go into all of it. We're going to go into all of it. It was very therapeutic. Hopefully, that's what you said. But <laughs> it was very, very therapeutic. But for now, we are going to focus on the positive of finding love at any age because yes, it's so true. And this is such a great story. And we love May Lee. We're so excited to have her back. She was a crowd favorite. If you didn't listen to her first episode, it was about can you have it all? Can you like yes. have the career? Can you have the love life? And you know, maybe you can. <laughs> and shortly after she came on our show, she found her man. Yeah. Well, it just shows <laughs> now you. Fiance. It just shows you like how you can get in your own way, like believing certain mm -hmm. things. And then when you open that up a bit, could be pleasantly surprised. Or also at the same time, life is in stages. Maybe there's a period where you are more career focused and now you're ready mm -hmm. to be more relationship focused. So here's the question for all of you. What if we told you that your person was right around the corner? What would you do differently today? How would you look at dating differently today? And we're going to help you work through that mindset shift by opening up our course again. Woo! I love it. What a transition to announcements. <laughs> Finding Your Person program. This is a limited spot program where we work with a, a group of people on helping them find their person. And we opened this up. When was the last time we opened up the program? In February? It was a while. Yeah. yeah it was back in like Valentine's Day-ish mm -hmm. around then. You know, honestly, we love doing this program. We've gotten so many great emails from people like we had, you know, people that have met someone people that have progressed something, maybe they were already starting to date someone, but they wanted to like see if this did have the legs to last or how do I get to be in a better place that I can evaluate or how do I like show up in a way that like will make that partnership work. So we've seen people that have kind of come in that way. We've had seen people that just, you know, were so down on dating and now dating is fun for them. We've also we had an email from someone that realized that at the core of it, they just wanted to have a baby and they decided to go do that yes. on their own. <laughs> like, it's crazy just how many, you know success stories we've heard of from people and uh, yeah we're we're we love this program it's a lot it's a lot of content mm -hmm. you'll have it for a lifetime it's self-paced which is great because you know you can do it on your terms we also have check-ins with the two of us we did change this a little from group calls to individual check-ins because yes. we thought that would just be more helpful for people so there's two of them there's one at the midpoint there's one at the end so we're here with you and that's part of why it's limited because we want 
to really help shepherd people. And we ask people, there's questions you kind of fill out along the way too, that we are checking in and looking at so we can understand you when we do have those calls. This is not a book you read and go, okay, now I know how to find my person. This is very interactive. And it is the work that you need to do in order to unlock this part of your brain to to understand and believe that your person's right around the corner. Mm -hmm. So the unlocking process does take work. If you're ready to do the work, this is the program for you. It's going to take you back through all kinds of memories, take you back through all kinds of experiences that you've gone through, analyze, synthesize your life experiences, especially in dating. It's just going to take a lot of brain power, but it's so fucking worth it at the end. Yeah. Because you'll get to know yourself and you'll get to know what it is you're looking for. Well, that was where the love army came from. I remember now is during one of uh-huh. our calls. That's where we learned about it. That was inspired through this program. So anyways, if you want to sign up, our sign up is open currently. We are only open through the end of the week. It's a limited time. So the registration will end on Sunday. So make sure to get your spot. Sunday, I'll give you all a date. It'd be Sunday, the 2nd of July. Yes. So we're going into summer hot. We're yes. Learn- <laughs> this is the time to do it. You know, also dating, I feel like kind of slows down a little in the summer. So this is the perfect time to get into reflection mode. So you could hit the ground running in September when it's cuffing season. And we know that the dating apps are at their all time peak outside of January. That's the other time. Those are the two times. So we like to also plan these courses around that. So we kind of get people to hit the, I don't want to say market. It sounds so bad, but like hit, you know, the dating world when it's optimal. Mm -hmm. We've done our research. We've done (laughs) our shit and we've put it all into one program for you all. It's very comprehensive. But yesterday I got so much validation because I spoke to a brain researcher and she said what you all do with the course which is a lot of reflection a lot of synthesizing is the one thing everyone needs to do for at least 20 minutes a day to help improve their brain function and to regulate their emotions it's like the one thing most people don't do that they can do in their life it's equivalent to meditation if you don't meditate this is an alternative way to get into that meditative state and to improve your brain function. So see, there's even, it's backed by science, what we're there doing. There we go. There we go. So findingyourperson.com, go there, get your spot. Like we mentioned, it ends on Sunday. We were open since Monday. So spots are already going. So make sure to get yours if you are listening to this now. And limited spots open. Okay, let's just say that. <laughs> not everyone, Not we want to make sure that if you want to, do this course, this program, you sign up ASAP. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we could talk about it forever, but we won't because we have an episode to go into. But before we do, let's hear a message from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses in 
increase blood flow and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, let's hear it from May Lee about finding love at any age. May, lovely May, the last time we spoke, we talked about having it all. Can you have it all? But can you have it all at the same time? Or can you not have it all at the same time? We had a really great discussion around that. We did. And shortly after you started dating someone, and now he is your fiance. Congratulations, Congratulations are in order, first of all. <laughs> and I blame all of you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you do own part of this. And may I remind you and your listeners that it's because of that show where we were talking about can you have it all and, you know, timing and all of that. It made me very curious about trying to go online to see what was going on, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I did with a very cynical attitude. Not surprised. (laughs) Yeah. As a journalist, of course, I had my doubts, but it happened. I met the guy and now we're engaged. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this tone. Look at this tone. She's like, so I went shopping and I found the shirt and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) No, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've actually met him. I guess it was like over a year and a half ago or maybe two years ago, but he's lovely. And I just want to remind everyone who May is. She is a repeat guest. She's been on our show before, obviously. She currently lives in the Los Angeles area, originally from Ohio. She is 57 years old and engaged. For the first time. Let's go. For the first yes. time. I've been close twice before in my, you know, adulthood. Yeah. Those did not work out. We didn't make it there. Thank God. And I really <laughs> yep. mean that. And then, yeah, now at 57, I am engaged for the first time. So take us back. Because, I mean, you alluded to it. You got online to start to scope it out. Yeah. Take us back to single May. <laughs> How did you two meet? <laughs> 
there's been a lot of single May in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, in which the recent one? years, yes. So really, you know, I was at a point in my life where like a lot of more mature women who have successful career, I've lived all over the world because of my career and I made my choices, right? And so when we always go back to that question, can women have it all? We can, but oftentimes not all at once. And so we are up against sometimes making choices, right? Yeah. So I chose during my lifetime very openly and wisely, not always, but, you know, deliberately Mm -hmm. the course of my life to a certain extent. So I was at a point where I said, well, you know what? I've been single for a while and I've been good. Everything's been okay. And so I think it was more of curiosity about what was going on and the climate of what was going on because of COVID. I would be lying if I said I wasn't somewhat open-minded too, though. Mm -hmm. Even though I was cynical, I wanted to stay Mm open-minded because I wanted to see, could it possibly happen now? Because as we know, oftentimes life is about timing. And so this is the perfect example of timing because I think he was at a point in his life where he wanted to meet somebody and I was open to it and experimenting. And we met each other within the first week of both of us joining Okay, Cupid. Wow. Okay, so this was on Okay Cupid. Love it. This was on Okay Cupid because UA had shared some data points with me that Okay Cupid during COVID had gone up something like two hundred thirty percent in terms of activity. Yeah, something right? ridiculous. And it was because Okay Cupid requires a little bit more information. You have to fill out more stuff in your profile, and you can ask a bunch of questions if you choose. And so that told me that people who were joining Okay Cupid at the time of COVID. They were more serious, perhaps, mm. about eating somebody and getting to know somebody, learning more about somebody before they even connected. And so that drew me in a little bit saying, okay, there's a little bit more quality control that you can manipulate a little bit before you even connect with somebody. That's how it happened. And within the first week, he reached out to me. Okay. And it was very clear he had read my profile. It was very clear he had read all of my answers. How so? Because he was in his first message to me, he was referring to things I said in my profile, very specific details. And so that already told me, okay, this is a guy who's serious. He's not just looking at photos and being like, hi, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which many people do. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, right. I mean, that kind of thing. So it was very clear that it was thoughtful about it. Had you been on dating apps before? Like while you were single, were you used? Like, how is this different? Is the sky blue, Julie? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, look, a lot of us in this day and age, dating apps are the way to try to meet people, right? Yeah. Because we're all so busy, but also it's complicated. Yeah. So yes, I had been on and off dating apps for years Mm -hmm. and I had been successful in the past. You know, I had some longer term relationships from meeting somebody from a dating app, but every time I would go on a dating app and it just didn't work out or whatever, I'd be like, I'm never doing this again. I swear I I will never go on a dating app again. (laughs) And so if I had a dollar for every time I said that, I'd probably... (laughs) You'd be fucking rich. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it sounds so obvious to be on dating ass, but we actually heard a lot of people in COVID being their first time. That's why I asked. Like, it is crazy. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But it was a little different for you because you wanted to go on OkCupid out of curiosity. Yeah. 
How did you do your profile differently or did you do it differently than previous profiles? You know what? I think no. Whenever I would do my profiles for, you know, any dating app, because I'm a journalist, you know, I mean, I'm a good writer, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I always approached it very honestly and very sincerely, but I also wanted to project the kind of person I am, which is not some docile, timid female, right? Looking for a husband. I really wanted people to know who I truly am. So I would talk about my travels. I would talk about having lived overseas. I wouldn't say I was a journalist because I didn't want people to start Googling me and finding me because they would. Right. So I had to be somewhat careful about my identity. As one girlfriend said to me, why is it made that you would always meet really stellar people online, upstanding guys who had a decent career and, you know, they were successful. And she's like, and I always get these like starving artist types. You know? <laughs> and I said to her, you know, I really think it's because I'm projecting through the profile, a level of confidence and somebody who's somewhat worldly and who kind of projects the character of, I kind of know what I want. And so I know that was part of why his name is Andre was attracted to my profile. Initially, he liked what I was saying. He liked the honesty. He liked the confidence that he could feel, but In COVID, I also wanted to say and said in my profile, we're living through very interesting times. It's crazy. And there's a lot of self-reflection going on. Right. And so I remember saying that about myself, saying this is giving me time Mm. to reflect on a lot of things and prioritize and weed out the unnecessary things that are such distractions. So I was equating what was going on at the time with how I was feeling too. So we hear you, you're coming from a place of curiosity, kind of shed light into where you were at that moment. Dating in your 50s, (laughs) we like to call it like your dating why, like what's the reason that you're even dating in the first First place. Like, what was your mentality this time around yeah. dating in your 50s? That's a great question because, again, I mean, some people might be thinking, yeah, why would she need to date if she's saying that her life was so good and, you know, there was nothing that was empty or missing? And I truly felt that way. So don't think I'm feeding you guys a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but I think it was a combination of COVID where we all just stopped and we started really thinking about. What's really important to me? What do I value? What's the meaning of life almost? We were asking ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, one of the most important aspects of life at this stage of my life now is connection, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. it's about relationships. And I don't mean sexual relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean relationships, friendships, family, all of those things that really matter. And that's a core value for me. Yeah. Is that I need to have true relationships in my life to make me feel fulfilled. That's why I love teaching because I have a connection with my students and I feel like I'm, mm-hmm. we're giving each other some sort of value. So I think in my fifties, it was a combination of really knowing who I am finally, also not giving a fuck about <laughs> what other people think about me. And that's also the beauty of getting older, right? You really don't give a shit about if they're going to judge you. I could give a rat's ass. (laughs) And so when you reach that point in your life, it really opens you up to more possibilities Yeah, because nothing's holding you back in terms of, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that because they're going to think badly of me or, oh, I wonder what I look like or, oh, yeah, look, I went gray during COVID, right? I was just like, (laughs) I cannot color my hair anymore. This is ridiculous. (laughs) And so now I have these gray streaks and I'm like so psyched because I'm saving so much money 
<laughs> and chemicals. And chemicals, exactly. It was the combination of all of that, Julie. I, I really think that that's why I think timing for me, that it had to take me being in my 50s to really be open to a solid, meaningful relationship that was good for me. And you're at a point where you're happy mm-hmm. single. Yes. I think that is key. so important to highlight is I'm right. so perfectly happy being on my own, curious to see if I can find a connection with someone. But if not, fine. Yes. This is a great life. Right. How do you think your dating why has changed throughout the decades? Like take us back to the to your 40s. <laughs> was your dating why yeah. differently? Well, in my 40s, when I was just turning 40, that's when I almost got engaged. Right. For the second time. And I know that at that period of my life, because I was about to turn 40, I was panicked. Mm. In that stage where you're like, man, if I don't do this now, yeah. because the yeah, now or never, I think a lot yeah. of people yeah. feel that way for sure. Yeah. I, I feel that way. It's a many, weird arbitrary cutoff, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And I think, again, it's a combination of societal guidelines, but also yeah. it, realistically for women, it's the biological clock too, right? So right. when you're hitting 40, again, doctors are saying, and you know, obviously the data shows that it's kind of a cliff that you drop off of. But clearly we've seen women over 40 have children too, so it's not impossible. But I think all of that pressure and all of these rules about age, especially with women, really put a lot of pressure on us. And so, yeah, I almost got engaged to a guy that was bad news. I saw so many red flags throughout the time when we were dating and I was going to go through it with it anyway. Yeah. And I look back on that, I'm like, crazy. Yeah. Like what the hell were you thinking? You wanted this so badly that you were willing to overlook all of this shit. So that's how my 40s started. In the 30s, you're dating why? Again, 30s, I was flying high career-wise and most of my 30s was spent overseas working for various networks, including CNN in Tokyo and Hong Kong. So I was career woman, totally focused, totally driven. So if a guy came into my life and they did, they had to take it or leave it in terms of like what I was doing Mm. with my career. So I was a bit rigid. Mm. I will say I was a bit more rigid in terms of really just, Mm. it was all about my career. And sure, the relationship, that was nice. It wasn't the priority. But if it didn't work, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a horrible story. And if he's listening, he's, I mean, don't worry, I'm not going to use a name. I was dating a guy in Tokyo who's American, expat, super nice guy, you know, nothing wrong with them. We were dating for about two years and, but I didn't feel it. I like, I kind of knew that he wasn't the one. I think he thought I was the one. Then I got a promotion to become the anchor of CNN out of Hong Kong. This is when I was still in Tokyo. And so he was prepared to move for me to Hong Kong from Tokyo. And we were sitting on my couch as the movers had come and taken almost everything out of my apartment. And I was like, no, we're done. Mm. And I broke up with him and then got on the plane. Shit. Damn. And I mean, I mean, seriously, ladies, it was bad. That was not my finest moment. Damn. And so, but that's how I was at that time. And so I know he hated me for a long time. He might still hate me. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, that was that kind of an unforgivable move on my part. Yeah. Because it wasn't a priority for you. Yeah. In your 30s. Your priority well, was your career. And we hear this a lot. It was. And you know, here's the thing. I think also it was one of those things, even when I was younger, 
I think it was instilled in me that marriage was forever, mm, right? Because mm-hmm. I come from a very traditional family background, right? My parents are Korean immigrants. They stayed married to the day my father died, you know, tragically. And so I grew up with that notion of, yeah, if you get married, you stay married. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's just the way I was brought up. So I know that my psyche was like, yeah, you know, marriage, it's serious. And so I'm not going to do it unless it feels right and it's the right person. Now, granted, when I was about to turn 40, I was about to make that huge mistake. Mm -hmm. But I think that affected me all along the way with relationships where I thought, if I don't feel this 100%, Mm. I'm not going to do it. I mean, that makes total sense. Like, I definitely can hear (laughs) why you felt the way that you did with that. Like, it's funny that in retrospect, you can see this all so clearly, but when you're in it, it's hard to know what the right decisions are. Yeah. I mean, I know you're like, oh, I was terrible to that guy, but it's like in that moment, you were just trying to figure it out also. And even like the one in your 40s, it's really interesting to hear like, I felt that pressure and I would have regretted it. Yeah. So take us current day, (laughs) like when you met your now fiance, how did this feel different? Like, how did you change your mentality and know that this one was a keeper? Yeah. So I felt something very early on. And when I mean very early on, I mean, when we first started messaging each other Mm. on the app before we even had a phone conversation, because when he wrote me, clearly I saw that he was taking care in terms of writing back to me and referring to things that he read about me. So I could tell he was already a thoughtful guy. And then I read his profile and saw that, you know, he was a beautiful writer as well, but he was also being very authentic and honest in his profile. And so I was like, huh, this seems like an unusual. And also he's from Europe. And so for me, I like the idea that somebody has a more worldly international view of the world. So that sort of intrigued me as well. But once we started communicating, I felt like, wow, okay, this seems more real. And also because he's one year older than me, there's a level of maturity and sort of advanced thinking and sort of life experiences that we had both been through. And so that kind of made a easier connection. But he definitely expressed himself much earlier on than I did. Mm. And when I say that, he used the L word much earlier on than I did. And when he said it, I was, I was like, whoa, Nelly, whoa, hold your horses. You know? What was your reaction? Wait, when did he say this too? I want reaction and when it was. Yeah, it was like less than three months in. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I didn't freak out, at least overtly. Internally, I was like, whoa, this guy likes to move fast. But I could tell he really meant it. He wasn't just saying it for the sake of saying it. I could tell he really meant it. It just took me a little bit longer to get to the point where I wanted to admit it. And I think that's my stubborn side, but that's also my protective side. Right. We all have our armor that we put on, right? Because we've all been hurt and we've all been scarred. So I know that I was holding back a little bit more, but here's the funniest part. So because my mom is still a traditional Korean woman. (laughs) And how old is she? She's 87. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't tell her that I was dating anyone for six months uh, because, (laughs) you know, with Asian parents, especially, you know, once you tell them something, they will not leave you alone, right? They'll ask a jillion, could billion questions all the time. And they're very judgy. 
I don't want to generalize. They can be. And my mom is. Yes. And so I didn't want to tell her about this until I knew mm. for sure. It's funny though, even in your 50s, you feel that way. Oh no. Yeah. Never, she's 87. It never, it never ends. Matter, no, she's still like, no. oh, my single daughter, yeah. you know, my oh, single yeah. daughter, who's who's she dating now? Right. Exactly. Never exactly. Ends. So I couldn't do it until I knew I was ready. And then this is the best part. I put together a PowerPoint presentation. What? <laughs> So wild to me. Wait, what although was I'm going to try that. What was on this PowerPoint? Okay. This is amazing. Can you share okay. your screen with us? Can you, I don't know. I don't know. Present to us. Oh my God, you guys. Okay, so I put so much thought into this. I put a PowerPoint presentation with photos and a story oh and graphics and no references. Telling, telling the story of how we met and like what oh he's, who he is, and like all the nice things he's done for me. Oh and my this God. and that. I mean, literally, it was a PowerPoint presentation because this is why I did it. If I just told my mom verbally, she kind of wouldn't absorb all of it. And she just would like inundate me with a billion questions, like I was saying. So I wanted to present it in a formal like presentation like that so that it would answer all the questions that I knew she would ask. <laughs> and I was preempting that basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was just getting it out there. So she just had a visual aid and explanation in <laughs> simple amazing. terms so that she got the story and then she can, you know, ask me questions. That's how I told her. Did you include testimonials, maybe like a five Friends, star review yeah. from you? Uh, a credit score. Oh, my God. That's exactly. incredible. Ratings. <laughs> but OK, so what is interesting is that he said, I love you pretty early on. Yeah. And it took you a few more months to come around and to present him to your mom. <laughs> but yes. you two had a discrepancy in terms of your views on marriage. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So he's been married before. And so he's kind of like, oh, I can take it or leave it. Right. As a lot of people tend to be if they've been married before, some people want to get married, you know, again, over and over again. But with him, he's like, yeah, I, I don't need to get married again. And so that was a point of contention, I have to say, you know, for a while, because I would have these conversations with him saying, I understand your viewpoint because you were hurt and it was a bad divorce, you know, all that. And so I said, I get it. I get it. But I said, but don't impose your feelings and your view on marriage on me because I haven't done it. Mm -hmm. And so that's not fair, right? So you should understand also where I'm coming from. So we had to have these discussions along the way about, you know, where we stand. And what I was trying to do is try to have him understand where I'm coming from. He didn't have to completely accept everything I was saying, right. but I also didn't want him to be so rigid saying, because at one point he said, oh, mm -hmm. you know, this is what society imposes on everyone, you know, just because like, you know, you're supposed to get married. Everybody gets married. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, that is a sweeping generality. You need to take that back. Everyone doesn't do it because they're feeling the pressure of getting married. Right. People get married because they want to, right? And it's a declaration of their love and their commitment to each other. And that's what I tried to explain to him. I said, listen, to me, it's a commitment that we're making to each other, but also it is a public declaration. And that is meaningful. That is meaningful to me. And so that's when he finally, 
I think, got it. And he said, okay. And that he wanted to surprise me on my birthday, which was at the end of March to propose, but I blew it. <laughs> I blew the proposal, ladies. <laughs> we got into an argument over this very oh, no. topic oh, around Valentine's Day. Oh my God. Yeah. Look, Valentine's Day is meaningless to me. I think it's just a made up, you know, holiday, but something triggered. <sighs> and so we got into an argument about engagement and marriage again. And I was just like, really pissed. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I have to tell you, I was going to surprise you and propose to you on your birthday. And I'm like, no, sorry. (laughs) So he had come around at this point already. He had come around. I feel like you and UA definitely are... (laughs) Have parallel lives in so I mean, many ways. or like I, I think like so many of us are in this boat where yeah. you have to because of what your partner wants, yeah. it challenges you on why you want yeah. these things. Totally. I've been yeah. challenged with this almost every day. Like, why is it that I want marriage? I think I want it. And you're right. You can't impose someone else's views on marriage on yourself and vice versa. Right. So that does come with friction. Yes. But it is interesting to me that after all those years of almost getting engaged and dodging those bullets and being happy on your own, that marriage is still important to you. I'm yeah. very curious to know why is it still important to you other than the declaration of love? But what is it at the core I think at the core is really the value that I put into commitment. Mm. And so when I ask myself, what does that mean and why is that so important? I look at how I look at other people and other relationships and just general behavior that I expect from others and expect from myself. And what are those values? It's commitment. It's loyalty. You can ask my friends what kind of friend I am. I'm really loyal and Mm. respect for one another. And so, and that communication that I need from other people. And so I think those are all core values that are so important to me. So if I'm in a relationship, those are things I really want. And to me, if that commitment has to come in the form of, yeah, engagement or something that again, seals the deal, right? Because he was arguing for a long time. It's like, I'm committed to you. Yeah. You're the one, you know, I'm yeah. going to be with you for the rest of my life. Right. And, so, and I don't doubt him. I didn't doubt him for a minute, but I think I still have this traditional side of me. And again, maybe it's society, maybe it's the programming yeah. to a certain extent. So I'm not going to act like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm not falling for the programming. It's part of that for sure. But it is so interesting to see how people react, mm. right? To when you say you're engaged. It's a completely new level of reaction and the way they view you and your relationship. Mm. It changes. It's taken seriously. Yes. Taken more seriously. And what's the second question people always ask after you say you're engaged? Have you set a date? Right. It's like they just want you to like all of a sudden speed into this, you know? And so here's where I'm a little bit unusual. Engagement was actually more important to me. (laughs) Really. Well, it's the path forward. It is, but it's that public declaration and that commitment that you have made. Mm. It's a symbolism. So one thing like I've definitely been here recently is that like my partner and I are on the same page of like wanting marriage and to move forward, but we were on different paces. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, a similar story to you that he was kind of like the one early on that was moving faster. And then somehow I became the one that like wanted things to move. Trying to push it. 
faster. And he was a little behind me. Our therapist said his heart was with me, but his head was five steps behind. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) So I guess my question for you is like, how were you able to work through this pace discrepancy? I know yours was a little more than that entirely is like getting on the same page of what you want in the first place, but then how to actually get it in motion. Honestly, Julie, I think it's a work in progress. Because you think about it, you bring two human beings, individual human beings together, right? Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to what? Everything's supposed to be in sync all the time. Right. It's not realistic. No fucking way. That's impossible. So here's what's different about this relationship compared to any other I've had. I've never had such an open, communicative relationship before. Yes. Right. I've had good relationships with decent communication. Right. This one, it is so open and nothing is closed off. I don't ever feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Same for him. We are very, very open in terms of our communication because when humans get together, we're never going to always be in sync. Right. But what should happen though, if you have the open communication, then at least you can express hey, dude, you're not in sync with me. What's going on? Let's talk about this. And that's what happened in this case with the engagement and commitment. He was telling me his story. I was sharing my story. We obviously weren't in sync, but we kept talking about it, Mm -hmm. right? And that's when we were able to grow closer and at least come to this point where we agreed, right? Now, moving forward, who knows? I mean, we're not talking about setting a date or anything that all these other people keep asking me about. I swear (laughs) to God. And I feel kind of weird. I mean, you guys tell me what you think. Wait, how long have you been engaged? Like since the end of March. And then if we're not real time, it's like a month later, basically. Yeah. A month later. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's like people always want to know what's next, what's next. Like that's when your relationship is progressing. But I'm with you. I'm kind of like the engagement is almost enough just to that symbolism of commitment and love and getting rid of the boyfriend title. I know you also have an issue with the boyfriend title. I hate that that word. (laughs) I hate the word boyfriend. I mean, I'm so juvenile. I'm 57, and I'm like, this right. is my boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, it's, let's come up with a better term. Yeah. And then I say partner. Partner. But if he's not with me and I tell somebody, oh, my partner, a lot of people assume I'm gay, right? Right. Yep. That's usually the term that's used. So I get that a lot. Why can't we come up with a better term? But anyway, so now I, when I say fiance, it's weird to me too, actually, because I'm not used to it, <laughs> but at least it's a different term. But yeah, so it's, I feel pressure from people about, you know, mm. okay, what's next? And I'm like, well, God, can you just give me a second to just enjoy the fact that I just got engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we haven't even gotten the ring yet because the (laughs) ring, I had told him early on, I just gave him a warning and I wanted to give him a chance to, you know, understand like where I'm coming from. I said, if we ever get engaged, don't go buy me a diamond ring because I knew that my mother Mm -hmm. passing down rings to me, was like a waste of money for him to go buy a diamond. Mm -hmm. And so we're using a ring that my mother gave to me and I'm having it redesigned and reset. So just waiting for that right now. It should be coming back in like a week, maybe. Yeah. So everything about this is sort of atypical. No <laughs> real surprise for me. 
But no. if you had asked my friends in childhood, would you have ever guessed that May would never be married at the age of 57? They would be like, no fucking way. <laughs> right. Because, you know, I was this shy, traditional girl. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, wow. what? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I do feel like you kind of touched on this earlier. It's like once there is this passing of 40, society tells you it's over, which is not true, clearly. Clearly not. People meet at all different ages, but for whatever reason, that is the narrative that is told, especially in today's world where people are coming in and out of the dating pool with divorces. Like, it's not true whatsoever. Yeah. Like, how did you kind of get over this? Like, what was reactions from friends and family? Like, how did you change that narrative for yourself, but also for others? Well, I think I've kind of lived my life, especially into my 40s and then obviously into my 50s, embracing that idea that we're getting better because I actually was getting better Mm -hmm. and I felt it. I felt Mm -hmm. it physically. I felt it mentally. Certainly, I think I have been living this life for the past decade and a half now where I really didn't want age to define me. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel my age. I didn't look my age and I was still thriving with my career and in all these other things. So dating, yeah. I mean, it does get more challenging because of the age thing. That's why so many people lie online, right? And I never did. And so I know that that erased an entire pool of candidates out because these asshole men who are in their 50s would say their maximum age for a woman would be like 35 or something like that. So ridiculous. It's like you don't want that anyways. No, absolutely not. But I would always think to myself, you know, when I saw these guys with that kind of tight age range, like, wow, you guys really are missing out because mm-hmm. you are now not meeting women like me and all of my other friends who are fantastic just because you are judging a woman just because of her age. Right. And that's unfortunate. So for me, I never wanted to restrict myself. And I certainly didn't want to project this image like, oh, I'm done. I'm over the hill. You know, I give up. Yeah. And women out there, please take me as an example. A 57 engaged for the first time. Yeah. It can still happen. Yeah. If you want it. Right. (laughs) If you want it. Yeah. I think it's good to know. It happens at the right time. I think that's what it is. It's not like, oh, later in life you can. No, it's like it happens when the right time is for you. Yes. I do want to ask you 
this what's next question, but without the pressure on it, because I am curious to know now that you're engaged, you are about to merge your lives together. And my partner and I recently kind of went through this as we created a joint checking account and we're going to like, you know, combine some of our finances. And I can tell you it is unsexy and it is not fun. And I actually I kept thinking if we get married, it's like this times a hundred. Oh, We're gonna yeah. have to be merging so much of our shit together. Isn't it easier yeah. to just like keep lives separate? Anyway, that's my own thing. But what are your plans, being non-traditional that you are, of merging both of your lives together? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't ask me that. <laughs> that is the honest answer right now because I can't say that I haven't thought about it. But when I think about it, I'm like, God, I have no freaking idea. Uh, because like you said, merging two lives, especially we're both in our late 50s now. I'm 57. He's 58. Mm-hmm. So that's a big merger. Yeah of lives. Yeah. Like we're way past middle age. So I do think about that. And so right now he has his house. I have my house. We're not talking about moving in together. It's kind of working right now because he spends most of his time here. I rarely go to his house because I have two dogs. It's just a pain in the ass to like pack him up and take him to his house. So that works. And then the, (laughs) the other thing is that his hobby, he's a technical diver. So he has all this diving shit. And I mean, when I say a lot, he has a lot of diving shit. His entire garage looks like a technical diving shop (laughs) and like equipment. So he said, may, even if we wanted to move in together, we would have to get a different house because there's no way. There's practical things like that. But yeah, you're right. You, I mean, it's, it's complicated when you're merging two very full lives together. It's complicated. So I don't know the answer. And I don't think we're going to get there anytime super soon. It's so interesting because like when you meet someone in your 20s or like right after college, like you're basically starting your life together and growing together. But challenges arise because you're growing in different directions where when you meet someone later in life, you're more developed. You know who you are. You bring that to dating. But you basically have built an entire life up that makes it complicated and people are set in their ways. Like, are there any other times that you've experienced, like outside of just like the stuff that you're like, okay, how do we like budge and meet each other? Because we're both kind of in our own mindsets. Well, I mean, for me, you know, one of the things that always complicated a relationship goes back to my family. Yeah. You know, Asian families are really, you know, they're traditional. There's a lot of expectation and there's a lot of pressure. And so again, growing up with those expectations of, you know, my parents, they of course thought I was going to marry a Korean American doctor, right? And so (laughs) with that kind of really narrow definition of what their expectation was, it made me feel bad when I wasn't meeting somebody like that. And so I I would have to keep some of my relationships secret. Some boyfriends, they never even knew about because mm. I never bothered to share. Because if I failed, then they'd be like, see, yeah. you know, I yeah. told you, you don't know what you're doing. So that pressure continues in terms of how I kind of feel about how I go about relationships, but also with my family. And so what was really important to me was that whoever I end up with, one of the things that had to merge well is my family because mm. they're super important to me. 
right? Yeah. I'm not one of those people who, who says, oh, fuck it. I don't care what my family thinks. I do. Mm. I really do. Yeah. So the fact that my mom and my brother and my other relatives really like this guy and have embraced him, it's so meaningful to me that that merging, that was one of the biggest priorities for me. Even at 57. Yeah. Yeah. It matters. I mean, we just went to a memorial service for one of my uncles who passed away and all of my relatives were there. He came with me. The ones who had never met him before, they met him. The other ones that already knew him, they love him. And, and he respects my culture, he respects my background. Mm -hmm. And those are really important to me. How long have you two been together from like when you met to now? Just over two and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. When was it then that you felt like, okay, I want this to be at that next level. I want to start doing the milestones of introducing to my family and to get to the place of I want to be married. Yeah. How did that play out for you? I think, like I said, it was a six month mark when I put together that PowerPoint presentation for my mom. And so that's when the cat was let out <laughs> of the That was your DTR. <laughs> that was. Yeah. <laughs> with your mom. <laughs> that was probably a milestone. Because I did that, that was actually a serious milestone. Because if my family now knows, then I really wanted to grow this relationship and hopefully make it work. Yeah. Now, again, I wasn't putting pressure on myself like I've done in the past, but that meant something to me. He was being integrated into my family and then friends and all of that. So I think it was a slow burn for me. You know, sure, I had in the back of my head, wow, if this is the guy for me, then yeah, the eventual next step for me would be some sort of more serious commitment. But he had some bumps along the way because of how he felt about marriage or engagement and how I felt about it. Yeah. So we did have to work through that a few times. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just one conversation. Right. We had several conversations about this. Oh, yeah. Julie and I know that all too well. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Can you recall like one of the harder conversations that you had on the topic? Look, it was a delicate dance because I had to be sympathetic because of what his past experience was. His marriage broke up because she fell in love with somebody else, mm. kind of came out of left field. So it's not like his marriage was disintegrating and he wanted out, right? Right. So- I knew that I had to be sensitive to that, but at the same time, I had to also say to myself, don't put your feelings aside. Right. You got to honor your needs. For sure. Exactly. I knew I had to honor my needs and be honest about that. I think a lot of people in relationships, they have these deep-seated feelings and they don't express them. They don't yeah. communicate them until it gets to the point, the boiling point, right? And it's just like you blow up. Yeah. And I never wanted to do that. And believe me, there were a couple of times when I thought I was going to, <laughs> and I would have to say, we got to talk or he would sense it. And thank God he's Swiss. So he has a very calm demeanor, yeah. <laughs> which is an advantage. So he stays very calm. We would be able to approach it and open up and talk about it before it got so heated. I know that there have been moments where it was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I could feel myself retreating because that was my MO in the yeah, past. Yep. I would retreat. Yeah. I would put on the armor and I'd be like, nope, I'm not going to talk about it. But this is different. It's different. And it totally works, you guys. I mean, I wish more people would do this. And it took me a long time. It took me 50 fucking plus years <laughs> to figure it out. 
But it also took the right person. I'm like nodding because I have gone through the exact same thing in the last six months to a year. Like it's been the same conversations. And I know for me, a big part of it was that it brought up my own shit. Like I, you know, in therapy with a couple's therapist, my partner would say something, I would take it and it would activate like a worthiness wound Uh and a validation aspect of my own stuff. And the therapist is like, I'm not actually hearing what you're hearing. So that showed me there's so much of our deep rooted stuff that comes up in relationships, like with all of this. Did you have any of those experiences? You know what? I just thought of something that he had a revelation during one of our moments, but this was fascinating to me because Julie, you're right. A lot of stuff from your past and your childhood, Mm -hmm. all this stuff starts. Mm -hmm. So one point he got very upset that my mom had told me she didn't want to stay overnight at my house if he was here. Oh. Meaning if he was going to be spending the night, right? And because she, again, she's very traditional, right? Oh. And I respect that. It's fine. It's fine. Because we were not engaged. Yeah. We're not married. And so she, again, she's a traditional Christian Korean woman. Okay. So Mm. let me just put that out there. Yeah. So I told him that and it triggered something very bad for him. And he got very angry and he was like, I'm being rejected. Your mother is rejecting me, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I go, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Yeah. It could be any man. It could be any male. She will not accept it because that's how she is. But he, he thought it was about him. Yep. Right. Been there. And I finally (laughs) said, Where's this coming from? And he said, I think this is coming from childhood rejection. Oh, for sure. This was coming up from his past and his own family and all this stuff. It was transference. You know, he was feeling rejected because of what was happening through my mom, but he was connecting it to something from his past. So that was an interesting moment Mm -hmm. that I learned something new about him. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Triggered something from his past. Yeah. And what was yours? Yeah, for me, I think there are moments when I still wonder if this is something that I can maintain Mm -hmm. Mm. because again, I'm 57 and I've never been engaged and I've never been married. I don't have kids. And so I sometimes question, am I capable of this? Like, am I not wired to stay in a relationship or make a long-term commitment? And so I know all of that stuff comes from my childhood too, not because of my parents, clearly they stayed together, but I think it comes from the idea of perfectionism mm-hmm. oh. that was ingrained in me yeah. and that if it's not perfect, then yeah. I better step away or I'm going to disconnect from it because it's not going to be perfect. So I've had to train myself not to have that kind of expectation. Yeah. But that almost contradicts what you want, which is you wanted marriage. (laughs) But this feeling of, can I even maintain this? But I still want it. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like you've got But both. then when someone's not giving it to you too, I can yeah, see you're how like, I that's want more. activated <laughs> completely. Right. You're like, now it's just confirming that belief. Right. May, did you ever have at any point think, 
if he loved me enough, he would want to just marry me. It's that simple. Yes, of course. (laughs) Why can't it be just that simple? No, no, no. I'd be like, he's telling me that you're the one, you're the one. And, you know, absolutely, we're going to be together forever. I have no doubt about it. He said that multiple times. I have no doubt that we're going to be together forever. So what's the problem? I mean, in his mind, it was like, well, what's the problem? There's no question. You know, you should know that I'm committed to you. And so, yes, logically, you know, that makes sense to him, of course. And, you know, overall, sure, that makes sense. But still, there is that part of you that still wants that symbolic commitment, that declaration to the rest of the world. And again, it has nothing to do with people like celebrating with us or congratulating us. Mm -hmm. It's just when you make a public declaration of any kind, you are accountable to that, yep. right? Mm. That means you have to stick with it. I mean, at least I'm a woman of my word. Yeah. And the word to me is very valuable. So, you know, if you say it, you better mean it. Yeah. And so when I see the world that we live in now where nobody's accountable anymore, you <laughs> right. know, you can say one thing and do another. You can lie through your teeth and all of that. You can double down on bullshit. That's, that's the world we live in now. But to me, that's a core value. I... I'm a woman of my word. I like commitment. I like making promises and keeping them. So I think that's why it means so much. 100%. (laughs) And there's just, I want to highlight this though. Remember, he's the one that said, I love you first (laughs) to you a little early on. And you were like, whoa. Imagine if he was three months in was like, let's get married. You probably would be like, whoa, what's this coming from? (laughs) I I don't know if that's what I want. Isn't that so interesting? In a relationship where always someone's always a few steps ahead and the Mm. other one's just trying to catch up only if they're willing to catch up or then they just kind of disappear. So it's interesting that this happens in every relationship, every stage in life. What advice would you give to anyone who is struggling and dating right now thinking, I'm just not going to find my person? I mean, look, it's so cliche, right, to say because of the situation that I'm in, but I have to say, you never know. It's just, it. you never know. But again, don't give up if you still want it. Yeah. And sometimes when you don't want it, but don't be negative about it. Don't be like, fucking hate, man. I hate women. You know, I'm never going to fucking date again. You know, don't put that bad energy out there. That's what you'll get back. Yep. Don't make it a negative thing. Right. And I did that for a little while too. Very negative. So, and that didn't help my cause whatsoever. So once I felt a release almost of any kind of pressure. And I just opened myself up to the universe. I think it was one of those things. It's like, I wasn't like searching, searching, searching and like desperate, right? Because that doesn't work either. I think if you just open yourself up and say, you know what? I would love to meet somebody, but if I don't, that's fine. It's great because I love my life. But if I meet somebody, that's wonderful. But just approach it in that manner and then be focused if you need to be, right? I've had girlfriends now because of my story, And maybe I'll have more people now, you know, reach out, but they're like saying, God, May, you know, can you help me write my profile? Or like, what did you do? You know, how did you do this? Because we still live in a world where we love happy endings. You know, we still get caught up in the fairy tales. Mine is a really unusual story. It's an unusual tale. And, you know, sure, you can call it a happy ending, but it's continuous, right? No, it's a beginning. Let's not sugarcoat. Like we said before, it's a work in progress, right? 
just because I met this great guy and we're uh, engaged, it doesn't mean the work stops. We're, we're still going to have stuff we need to talk <laughs> yep. about and we need to deal with. But it's that communication. Yes. That yes. is the one thing that is so different in this relationship for uh, me. A hundred percent. I mean, I think like this has been such an incredible conversation. I feel like so much of this is resonating with UA and I and probably many of our listeners out there that, <laughs> you know, I think the yeah. biggest thing that I've taken away from this conversation and just life experience, it's we think that like the end of a relationship is the DTR and defining it and getting meeting that person. But it's really just the beginning. And I love what you said about it's in progress, because that yeah. is the truth is there's going to be ups and downs. It's not always smooth sailing. I feel like we don't talk about this ever that relationships are challenging this way. Like we talk about dating being hard and why is it so difficult to meet anyone, but we don't actually ever talk about the struggles of two people just coming together. Yeah. I feel like when I was in the thick of going through this, like I heard from so many friends that are happily married now that they struggle with the same thing. Totally. Yet no one talked about it in the moment because it's like almost like you want to preserve your relationship and not share the struggles. It's kind of what you were saying earlier of like this feeling of perfection that you want to make everyone feel like you have this perfect relationship. But that's just not realistic. Or if it is, you're just completely suppressing your needs is what I've netted out to. And I agree with you. It's all about communication. I really think that's the only way you can evaluate if the partner is going to be good for the long haul. Like We don't know what's going to happen in five years, 10 years, or whatever. Yep. All we know is how can we work through things with someone? And can we get to the other side and come to a place that we're both happy, we're both stating our needs, we're both getting our needs met. That's really the only measure we can have to predict the future. So I cannot agree with you more that that's the sign of a good, healthy relationship. And also, you know, it, it really is about your continual growth too mm -hmm. and self-awareness. Yes. I see a lot of people at my age even mm -hmm. completely unaware of themselves, yep. lacking complete self-awareness. And so I think we can't live so blindly and then think we hit, you know, a maturity date and it's like, oh, well, I'm done. Nope. And so I'm good. I don't need to reflect. I don't need to learn anything more about myself. And that's the, where the rigidity is so bad, right? Where people really don't want to like even consider a different perspective or a different way of going about right. you know, life. And there is no better mirror than a relationship. All your Seriously. shit gets reflected back Seriously. to you. Exactly. <laughs> the word is evolution. We keep evolving our relationships. And the only way to do yes. that is through conflict. Mm -hmm. Without conflict, if everything feels honky-dory, you don't grow. The relationship stays stagnant because it means that you're not addressing the points of contention. Correct. So it is so important to find a partner who's willing to do conflict with you and who's willing to not give up on the relationship. Right. I had a very emotional conversation with my parents last night after two glasses of wine, and they said, what makes this partner different than all your other boyfriends? I said, he is the first and only one who has not given up on us. Yeah. He's the first and only one who's willing to keep trying. And even though it's hard, it's so worth it because I found someone who's willing to work on this with me. I can't guarantee you that we'll keep this forever, that he'll keep wanting to work on this or I will keep working on this. But in this moment in time, I can say that. And I can say that that is the most important quality of a partner, especially when you are at a place 
where you're happy with your life. Mm -hmm. You're happy, single. You are so fulfilled. You are not looking for someone to complete you or to make you happy. That's when the only quality that matters is finding a partner who's willing to work on it with you. And I love that you both started the relationships as these very defined identities. He's like, I've been married. I'm not going to get married again. You're like, I've never been married and I am <laughs> open to it. And, you know, just very strong identities. And then now you're merging the two identities where both of you, it's not even sacrifice. Is that you've just kind of melted into each other and now you have this new identity that you're moving forward with. So this is not the end of this chapter. It's the beginning of another chapter. <laughs> you also have so much else going on, May, that it just shows that life just keeps evolving no matter what stage in life you're in. Totally. It does. And that's the message. It's like, you know, don't think like you have some sort of expiration date. Yeah. Right. Because my life is Busier and much more interesting than, you know, in my 40s. Seriously, I thought my life was great in my 30s and 40s. Are you kidding? I was flying high and living all over the world. But it's incredible how the arc is still going up. Yes. Because I am embracing the fact that, yeah, I'm not done. It's such an important message, though, that life doesn't need to stop because you hit a certain age. Like, I think that is such a misconception and just it's really toxic, actually. That's even a belief system that our society holds. Oh, so I'm really completely. Yeah. Like whether it's life, love, whatever it is, aspect of your life, career, love, whatever it is, it's hopeful to know that it never like you're just evolving. That's the theme for sure. Yeah. There's no such thing as too late. Yeah. Right. Anything can happen around the corner. Anything can happen. And we're here for all that magic. Well, congratulations to you, May, on starting this new chapter and evolving your identity, evolving (laughs) your life. If people want to get to know you better, because you know that you've also evolved your own show, The May Lee Show is now Shoes Off Inside. Tell us where people can find you. Yeah. So Shoes Off Inside with uh, MKT and then Kelly Hu and Tamlin Tamita. Mm. They're my co-hosts. And so if you guys are familiar with Hollywood Trailblazers. Those two are definitely two trailblazers. And that show is on YouTube and then, of course, on all podcast platforms. So we have a lot of fun on that show. And we're all women in our 50s amazing, mm -hmm, who want to, again, break the stereotype that women are done and, you know, you just put us on the shelf and we go away. (laughs) Clearly not. Especially here to stay. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with Asian women. I think there's a lot of stigma there too, of of trying to stay really super youthful and all that. But uh, all three of us are showing our grays too, our gray hair. Mm -hmm. We're really trying to redefine what it is to be older, badass women. So fantastic. I think that's all women. I mean, it's definitely Asian women, but it's probably resonating with yeah. every woman out there. <laughs> I think so. I think we're we're claiming our space and we're not letting, you know, these old traditional rules and, you know, stereotypes take over. Let's keep doing our thing. <laughs> Let's keep you guys too, doing for sure. our thing. We're doing it. We're doing our thing. And for all of our listeners, you know, you could do your thing, which is by giving us five star <laughs> review in Apple Podcasts. Just hit five stars. But in the review section, maybe write a little something about what you learned in this episode. Maybe it's about evolving yourself, evolving your identity. It's about it's never too late. Or maybe you learned that, hey, maybe you just don't 
really prioritize relationships right now. That is okay. It is absolutely okay to not want to date or to not want to be in a relationship when you're prioritizing other aspects. So whatever it is that you learned from this episode, write it in the comments of that five-star review you're about to give us. And (laughs) we thank you for it. Thank you, May, for being a repeat guest. It's always such a pleasure to hear from you. I'm sure we'll get another update from you in a later season. Very much looking forward to all the updates to come. Or no updates. That's okay, too. Yes. We don't have to think about what's next. (laughs) Just enjoy your engagement. On with the flow. Exactly. All right. We're going to wrap up this episode. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Stay dateable.